tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. All men and women created by the goal, you know the you know the It's going to say, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land as a land of the free? Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classroom. Then stand up and sing about the land of the free. Which do you like more, Congress or lice? <laughs> Well, we like lice. Here's my eight words people need to stop redefining. Hate, victim, hero, shame, violence, survivor, phobic, and white supremacist. That America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. Uh, well... As I just stated to Sean, we are going to start today with an email from our good pal, Yepix. Huzzah! Now, Yepix sent us a very lengthy email regarding uh, the discussions that we had last week. He starts out with a uh, statement on our our complaints with regards to Uncle Joe and being completely oblivious to gas prices. Okay. Now, Yepix uh, kind of goes into a thought. I think he adds a little bit more insidious corporate uh, greed into the whole concept, which, let's face it, is is very much Yepix's view of the world, and I can't disagree with him. Uh, he and I dis- do disagree from the conversations that we had we've had on uh, uh, financial ideologies. I am every bit a capitalist. He is every bit a socialist, almost borderline communist, uh, and, he, and he's proud of it and every bit should be. He and I, the, I think the one thing that he and I both agree on is the reason why none of these systems seem to work is because people suck. So uh, he, he put it, he uh, wants to blame it a little bit more on corporate greed and the oil companies wanting to be able to jack up their prices and I don't know that I can follow him on that one, but I personally just think Uncle Joe's an idiot. <laughs> he then went to talk about his desire for socialized medicine, and unfortunately, he found himself having to agree with me. He wanted to argue, but the moment I brought up the example of the VA, he had to hold his head down and shake his head and say, damn it, he's right. Um. But any a lot of his email went into uh, you know uh, the geez if I could speak English this would be so much easier to have a podcast I don't know <laughs> okay let me try this again he actually wanted to talked about a lot of the financial issues that were going on which is most of what our cast was about last week and a lot of where he's tending to go is on inflation being to corporate greed. And I will I- admit that that is every bit true. There are a lot of companies out there that are using the concept of inflation to jack up the prices and make more profits. Uh, I, Once again, it all comes down to people suck. But the part that came out of his email that I really actually wanted to talk about today, and it really was the topic that I was hoping to get into was gun control. Mm-hmm. If you are, uh, those of you who are listening, if you are not aware, both Sean and I are gun enthusiasts. Uh, Sean is more into, if you don't listen to our other podcast, Hawkside Guns, by the way, uh, then you may not know that Sean is more into historical restoration of shotguns, whereas I tend to be into more personal defense handguns. Now, both of us have been influences on the other one, so some of those lines have blurred in the middle a little bit as we've done the podcast, but both of us are firearms enthusiasts, so both of us have our thoughts and opinions on the idea of gun control, and for a topic that I really still don't want to get into and discuss because it's just horrifying. 
uh, gun control debate has come back to the forefront over the past few weeks. Uh, and it kind of went into my statement last week of people want to talk about common sense reform, but nobody wants to establish any common sense. So we're sitting here talking about a gun control debate, and the people who are standing there at the top of their lungs screaming at it obviously do not understand, know, or even consider possible the things that they're talking about. For example, you have a statement made in the public by Uncle Joe that a 9mm will blow out your lungs. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. Whereas a 22 wouldn't do that much damage. Now, I if you go to if you have an opportunity, go to your local emergency room and ask the people in the emergency room or a trauma uh, surgeon which caliber of firearms leads to most deaths, and he will tell you it is usually the lower calibers. For example, a 22. What happens when you get shot by a 22 is it bounces around the inside of your body, creating wound channels that a physician cannot put back together. Whereas a 9mm that just goes through your body is actually, if you make it to the hospital, quite simple to put back together. So what you've got is people out there who are talking about things like gun control, and they really don't even know what they're talking about. And here's where I'll start throwing in a little bit of what I think is an insidious background thought process and plan. We've had a lot of talk over the past several months, well, actually past couple of years, about what we think of as our constitutional rights. We've also had a lot of talk going around for the past few years, especially with the World Economic Forum uh, in Davos this past week, in which you're starting to hear phrases like recalibrating our thoughts on human rights. And I'm starting to come to a belief that what we're trying, what what the I don't know. You, you can use whatever paranoid uh, st statement you want, because I, I know that's kind of where I go, which is like deep state or whatever it is, 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 is really trying to come to a point where the idea of human rights is pushed to the background. And I think the gun debate is really where they're trying to do it, because they're trying to create a precedent. And you'll hear Uncle Joe say it all the time, that the Bill of Rights isn't everything and what i think they're trying to do is create a precedent where they don't have to repeal any uh rights they don't have to create any new amendments they simply have to will it so and decide that's the way it is because if they can create new laws with regards to firearms that are completely antithetical to the constitution then they can also do it for free speech. Then they can also do it for uh, searches and seizures. And they can all do it in the frame of the public good. And they're going to try to do it to the point where we will ask them to do it to us. Well, they already tried that with the uh, uh, Ministry of Truth. I, I think they stepped too far too fast with that one. Yeah, I think that was just a number of years too early from there. <laughs> but I mean, because, obviously they're like, oh, it's no big deal. You guys shouldn't be excited about this. But they were really pissed about it when they got shut down. Well, and that's why I think they've they've really, really, really stomped onto the firearms debate. As much as I would like to say that there really is a concern in Washington over um, the violence that's going on, it's actually quite apparent that the only violence that they're concerned about is the ones that actually spark high levels of emotion in people. Because as terrible as what happened in Texas a few weeks ago is, it is not the only thing going on around the country due to violence. And so they are locking on to something that creates that level of emotion in people in order to get us to uh, give up rights and thank them for it. 
And once they can create that precedent, and they've been trying for a couple of years now. They've actually they've been trying for longer than that because, but it's becoming more out front and more apparent. You know, it's it's more out front and more apparent when on the Senate floor they decide for themselves what is and is not constitutional. Just be so if they can come to a point where they can put aside these niggling little things that bother them, like procedure and rights. They can do whatever the hell they want, but I think they've got a plan at this point, and the worst part about it is I'm seeing it start to work. The, the Ministry of Truth was a little bit of overreach, a little bit too fast, where we will not only give up our rights, but we will thank them for doing it to us. Oh, I don't think we're too far away from that. And honestly, if you really want to get uh, cynical about it, and... Well, I, you know cynical's kind of like my thing. I know, I know. I think... If you want to say it this way, you could make an argument that the millennial generation has been groomed to have that happen to them. And before, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't think it's as much the millennial generation, though. I will say it is wait, Gen Z. Yeah, wait. Yeah, wait. It's it's and I, and I think they practiced with the millennials. I think Gen Z square in the pocket. Right. They're right in the strike zone. And here's why. If you're a boomer. Well, first of all, if you're a boomer, you're you're probably fine. But if you're let's let's back down a little bit. If you're a Gen X, if you're a boomer, there's a 50 50 shot. You couldn't even figure out the app to load to download this podcast to begin with. Yeah. If you're if you're Gen X, you remember what life was like before you had a crisis of the week, before you had a once in a generation crisis every couple of years right you you don't like you remember what that was like what it was like to to have hope for the future or or you know wow that was weird let's get back to normal and then it does go back to normal well, like it, you remember what that was like but you you also have to admit that that as we as gen gen xers grew up there was really only one thing that was at that point in our lives an existential crisis and that was nuclear war. Right. But, but that but, was kind of far away. And, and that was kind of my point is that was kind of in the background. That was kind of, you know, we all, we all had that idea of mutually assured destruction. So this really isn't going to happen because nobody's that crazy. Right. 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 Uh, and, and that's kind of the view that we all had. However, look at what the millennials and Gen Z have had to go to or go through. They have never experienced in their lives a time of peaceful prosperity. They have never experienced a time that they remember where we have not been at war with somebody. They have never experienced a time when our economy is going great for them. They have never experienced – like it may be great on paper and it may be great for an elite few, but it's never been great for them. Uh, they've never experienced any of the things that we have, and they've lived their entire lives digitally. They don't have the same skills that, say, an analog generation of, yeah, that guy's lying. Can you, can you see the lie? You guys can't see the lie. Seriously? Like, his words, like, stuff's coming out of his mouth, and all it is is blah, 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 lie to you. Like, they don't know the difference, because everybody's always lied to them. So when you come to the conclusion as a, let's say you're a, I don't know, a nefarious entity, you know, a cabal of some sort, okay. what would now, you rather wait a minute, have? Wait a minute, we've talked about it. You do realize that our world is basically being filled by Bond villains at the moment. I know, I know, I know. But let's just, uh, we're doing a hypothetical. So, so, so the idea of nefarious player is, is not, well, my point well, is, we is could... that it's not exactly a reach. Yeah, it's not a reach, and it's, I mean, like, we can name names, you know, it's like Hans Blofeld, you know, like, we, we know, like, like I said, if Davos meets in a hollowed out, it doesn't meet in a hollowed out volcano <laughs> next time, they have really missed their calling. Sharks with freaking lasers, you know. <laughs> Okay, like this is <laughs> this is this is the level we're looking at here. Is it an evil veterinarian? I mean, like they like they're they're there. Okay, we're we're there. All they have to do is have a, like a, a fluffy cat in an eye patch, and we are solid. <laughs> but but serious. Um, this is 
you're when you look at this, why would they not? Why would they not want the current government to fall or be radically changed to something else? They've never seen it work. And they've never seen it work effectively. Well, they the, know everyone's freaking corrupt. Okay, but but see that and that's actually where I find confusing. And and maybe I'm missing something. Maybe you can explain it to me. The you, they've never seen our government work. They've always seen it be corrupt, and yet they want it to take responsibility for everything. Of course. Well, I mean, so so I guess that's where I'm missing the, the cognitive dissidence of and, and it goes back even to my statement of socialized medicine and the VA. We know that our government cannot handle a medical system, yet we want them to do it. Our government can barely handle the mail. I mean, because that's a that's a government run deal is the U.S. mail. They yeah. can barely handle that. OK, so, so my, my point is, is is and and. Hopefully, maybe I'm missing something. And if and if you if you know the answer, awesome. If you listening know the answer and want to write in and tell me what it is, I'm happy to hear it from you. But you, what you have is a generation of people who a don't trust the government, but b want the government to do it. And it's kind of like if you don't trust them, how do you expect them to succeed in doing it? What what am I missing here? <laughs> or am I missing anything? No, you're you're what you're missing is. You're looking at it through a lens of somebody who is a political realist. Look at it through the lens of a child with a parent who's a drunk. But some of these people aren't children anymore. I understand that. However, their political ideals have been stunted. Look at what they've had to deal with. They've had no leadership. They don't know what the hell that looks like. All they've had their entire lives is a corrupt system rotting from the inside out, telling them, oh, we can fix anything. And they went, oh, yeah, fix it. Go ahead. Fix it. We want to see what you do. Eventually, they're going to get tired of it. It's it's like a kid with a drunk father or a drunk parent <laughs> figure. OK, they're going to get tired of it. And they're just going to finally one day leave their drunk father in the alley knowing that they can't fix it. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to leave it. This is, this is the disdain before the action. That's all this is. They want, they want it to be better. They know it's not going to get better, and they really are trying to make it work because the last thing they want to do is leave behind – everything they knew and go to another system, but they know this one is broken and it doesn't work. And it's very obvious to the most casual observer. This is broke. It's very simple. I mean, it's simple. I, I think where I find myself frustrated is that the system itself doesn't have to be broke. It's actually not the system. If we followed the system, the system actually works. Yeah, it's but not, if you, you could say the same thing about communist or socialism. You know, if you follow the system, and, it would work fine. But see, that's where I'm actually going, is it's not the, the system that's broke. It's the people running it. Again, uh, it's, it's still a problem, right? It's, uh, look, effectively, look, it's the same uh, thing. Now, ideologically, if you want to talk about communism, I personally think even a well-run communist state actually doesn't work. I don't think I would, would tend to agree with you, but, but on paper, if you're just going on theoreticals, it works great. Exactly. But at the same time, capitalism has every capability of working. It's the problem is, is that the people who run it suck. Well, again, then you're going to get into my hallmark battle cry, which is professional politicians have ruined the country. The minute we gave a political class – and this is what – I mean you look at any history textbook. This is what the framers of the Constitution were actually worried about with a two-party system, that this exact situation would happen. That we would we would just get bogged down in a two party system. Well, we haven't and it would just always had a two party system. Explode. It always just just seems to go that way. It, somewhere along the line, whenever we've had more than one party, they always end up being folded into other parties or somewhere why along the line though? just disappearing. Yeah, why is that? Well, because we're basically a binary culture. I don't think that's the answer. No, I don't think that's the answer. No. What is the greatest threat to our political system? 
other than the people just storming the castle, what is the greatest threat to our political system? Not our country, not not you know the U.S., not our military. Well, what is the greatest threat to our political system? Uh, for well, in, in my own opinion, for the people who decide that they are entitled to and want something better. Right. So if they have this great dynamic going for 50, 100 years, maybe, of, okay, if it's not us, it's you. And if it's not you, it's us. But a newcomer comes, and suddenly they're getting a groundswell. What happens? Somebody's got to smack them down. Somebody has to kill that third party. Because if you give the people, and I especially think that's true today, if you give the people a third freaking option that isn't one of those two, I think they jump on it, which is why it cannot happen. It cannot happen here. Well, it actually they it, will kill it. It has happened. The only problem is, is that what ends up happening is, is that the new party ends up absorbing the old. Right. It can't happen. They, they, the, the money moves, the, the whatever, whatever has to happen happens. But we still stay with these two broken siblings that just have all the money all the balls all the they have all the toys and they don't want to let anybody else play and if you manage to have enough money and enough clout to to bust your way into the club they just make you part of the club that there you can't and this is this is where trump went wrong and it Trump went wrong in many areas. Okay, let me let me just stop right now and say that Trump was wrong in so many areas. All right, like so many. We don't have enough I th- time. I think I think it's always more stunning the, the the couple of little things he got right than than the things he got wrong. Look, and some of the things he got right, I laughed hysterically. Okay, one of the funniest moments politically in my life was people losing their mind that Hillary Clinton got elect, didn't get elected and and Trump did and you got the woman out standing outside of Hillary's thing going no no like a little freaking toddler okay this is the mindset of some of our constituents here okay but and it's it, it just fills me with joy every time I see that chick with green or blue hair or whatever the hell she had and the little fuzzy hat and everything just screaming in the in the like glasses and just, <laughs> nah, like a like screaming like a toddler right I love that I watch it when I'm upset because it makes me happy but I one of the very few things that he got right was drain the swamp you need to do that one of the categorically wrong things to do is try and drain the swamp because you can't you can't drain it you can't fix it by simply trying to make small corrections and or or trying to work within the system the system is built to keep the system alive the other part about it is is i think there was a moral uh, component to that which is he, he he if he was trying to drain the swamp in order to build a flower patch that's awesome. He wanted to drain the swamp so that he could become the biggest alligator in it. Well, he wanted to drain the swamp so he could put another swamp in that's yeah, terrible it, and worse. But yeah. But still, yes, we but what he latched onto was a great ground how he got there was he latched onto a great groundswell of approval in that we recognize as as citizens that our system is broken and we need to fix it. And Draining it and starting over sounded like a great plan, and it is. However, it is not possible within the realms of the system itself to break the system in that way. It will not allow it. Both the money, the corporations, the special interest groups, and the elite class will not allow it. You can't do it that way. The only way you're going to do that is to work outside of the system. And by that, I mean, like, elections ain't going to cover it, guys. Just voting for a Democrat or a Republican, they will make sure you don't get the person you want. Anyone with any integrity is automatically out. Well, what, what's the line? Anyone who's actually capable of getting themselves elected president should under no circumstances ever be allowed to do the job? Absolutely. Like, you don't want that, like, which is, which is why, and I've suggested this, and I won't harp on the things that I think would fix this, and I do think they would fix it. However, we'll never get there, and Jake is right in his cynicism, we'll never get there because the system won't allow it. Go look at the Republican Party. Go look at the Democratic Party. Look at the media. Look how they react to a threat. It's not, it's, it's not even possible. So when you talk about reform or 
you know, uh, uh, to use your example, um, we, we had the terrible tragedy in Texas and everything. Instead of looking at the actual problems, right, and and there were a lot of problems that happened that day. There were a lot of things that could have been done differently. There were a lot of things that happened that, that shouldn't have. But instead of addressing all those, which are messy and they hurt and everybody's upset about them and we're all very, very emotional about it and and – this this is a big ball of spaghetti that we need to untangle and and just this this whole ball of yarn needs to come apart and we need to examine it and we need to do things that that address these different issues we will never and i know this is going to sound very cynical but but follow me here for just a second we will never get to the bottom of those because in all of that we still have too much finger pointing we have too much CYA, and the political elites that surround themselves with unaccountability will never allow anything to go through that has any chance of succeeding in that way because what it will do, what those, those quote-unquote common sense things will do is prove to the American people that change is po- – that positive – Focused change is possible, and that is the furthest thing that, in my opinion, that they want to happen because that means if we decide they need to go, we can do that too, and that is not something they want to entertain. So what they'll do, and I know this is going to sound cynical. I know I'm putting my cynical hat on. You know, I borrowed it from Jake. Uh, this is – I I'll, know it's going to sound you terrible. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like I got a set, man. It's fine. Uh, I, I know it's going to sound bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gray. <laughs> no, I was like say, my I, soul. Yep, <laughs> uh, Yep, my brother. I've got a red one for you. It's cool. <laughs> it's got a little star on it. Uh, a participation star. I'm just. I, that's mean. I didn't mean that, Yepix. I'm just. I'm, I'm uh, messing uh, with uh, you. Hey, uh, Yepix, we honestly love you and love the fact that you send as much information Dude, as you do. And as much as we crap on some of the stuff that that you send and and laud some of the other stuff. Look, if we didn't, if, if we won't make fun of you, like we don't like you. Okay, we, we'd have just read it and give you two lines and then gone. But no, 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 dude, we're we're on it. Um. Actually, it takes a lot of courage to write into something like that, knowing what we could do with it on mic, and you don't have a vote, you know. So that's especially when it is a long descent on just about everything we had to say. Yeah, dude, it takes balls. I'm not uh, totally much respect. Uh, Where was I? Oh, um, I'm going to put my cynical hat on. I think this is what's going to happen. I think there's going to be a lot of lip service on what they should do and all that, very little motions. And any action that they have, any action that they even propose, will be uh, a knee-jerk that will have zero possibility of curbing this type of incident again and will ultimately be shot down because they can't move on this. It's an election year, and pushing one way or the other will make either side look bad. So it's it's a the other part of it is is that you've got them arguing once again about getting rid of uh, processes like filibuster, as well as uh, putting as putting extra Supreme Court justices on just to tilt the court in whatever direction that they want. Do they not know? It's so stupid. It's I was going to say, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, considering the fact that what they're all they're doing is is making sure that. The other side has that much power too, when right. when it switches hands, and it's going to switch hands. Because honestly, yeah, does. it's the Democrats pushing for that now. And wait, what happened? Watch what happens during the midterms. You're going to lose the Senate. The Democrats are going to lose the Senate and uh, 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 the House on a majority. Because right now they got a supermajority, generally speaking. They're not going to have that. Okay, they're going to lose the Senate and the House. By all accounts right now, they're going to lose the Senate and the House as far as sway goes. So now you've got a a completely upended Congress against an – look, and I'm going to say it, and you can say what you want to – a completely inept president. He doesn't know where the hell – I've listened to the man speak. He doesn't know where the hell he is. Uh, uh, Look, I am still waiting, waiting, and no one has taken me up on this challenge yet. 
I'm still waiting for one of the 30-some percent of people who think he's actually doing a good job to come and tell me why. I, 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 I just – like the man is he's, – he's out to lunch, okay? He doesn't know where he is half the time. When he, when he says a sentence, it's almost always fundamentally wrong. Like not even <laughs> – and, and by all reports, he's starting to get pissed off that they're changing his statements later. Oh, my God. Like, yes, we made it sound like you, I don't know, had higher braid function. You know, <laughs> or, or even, yeah, we, we made it uh, sound like... We made it like, a sentence. <laughs> we made it sound like you, I don't know, didn't want a nuclear war with Russia. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you weren't going to send troops to attack China. Like, we, we, we're trying to back you down off of the... Like, uh, gone are the days where Nancy Reagan could... <laughs> could rule instead of ronnie right because i mean that's what i mean it's coming out that that's really what happened oh, no, Nancy no, it's, was it's, it's, it's not coming out it came out yeah i he mean it's full-blown alzheimer's by the time he actually left office i mean like nancy was running most of this stuff i mean it was uh, she did remarkably better than joe <laughs> doing. like the crisis that uncle joe wanted was covid and what he got was a little bit of COVID and then a world-crushing inflationary problem and world-issue uh, 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 supply-side demand and 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 supply shortages and 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 all this stuff, right? And, and then he got a war. And then he got a war. And you're like, you just ended a war. Look. <laughs> Well, and, not, no, no, no. He didn't just end a war. He just fled a war and left all his shit and toys behind. Look, I'm I'm going to say two things about that. OK, one, I agree with the decision. The decision was the correct decision, in my opinion. No, you say what did you want to about that? No, no, I, I won't argue that with the you. decision was absolutely correct. That was a forever war. We were never getting out of it. That said, the way the way we did it was such bullshit that we I, did not stick the landing. No, not at all. We did not Mary Lou Retton that shit at all. Like, like, yay, that will not be on the back of a Wheaties box, okay? Like, no. No, 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 no. Like, a little smiling, uh, you know, Mary Lou all happy with her gold medal stuff. Like, no. No, no, no. I'm dating myself here. I know, you know, the, the, the Fabulous Five and the Final Four and all them. They, they did way better and more stuff. But, you know, Dominique Dawes and all that. But still. The one I remember from childhood is Mary Lou Retton, like staring back at you from the cereal aisle, like I'm awesome. Like the, that will not be on the cereal box, okay? The way that Biden left that, no. I agree wholeheartedly with this decision and applaud whoever the hell in his organization said we're gonna do this and we're gonna stick to it. Absolutely, that was a forever war, and everybody, including Trump, were scared to stop that war because the Warhawks didn't want the gravy, gravy train to stop. Totally get it. That said, um, this Ukraine thing is going to get out, out of control soon. Soon, I, I'm. I mean, I feel for the folks in Ukraine and and all that, but I don't know what we're doing over there. Like we're offering support, but we're not, and we're kind of saying we're going to back them, but we don't, and well, like, we don't want a war, but we're kind of in one. We're, we're... Look, they did this right back in Afghanistan, or at least they eventually did it right back in Afghanistan. What did we do right in Afghanistan? No, no, I'm talking about when the Russians or the Soviets went into Afghanistan. Oh, I see. Not, no, no, no. When we went to Afghanistan, we fucked it up just like the Soviets I was going to say, we just we screwed the pooch on that horribly. Okay so, no, okay, so I did not explain myself well. Let me take a step back. When the Soviets came into Afghanistan and we decided to turn that into a proxy war... We did it correctly, which was to, even though everyone knew we were doing it, to give ourselves plausible deniability for pumping as much weapons and money as we did in there. However, we are not doing that the same way now. We are st standing there grandstanding, talking about how wonderful it is that we're supporting the Ukrainians now. I know there are a lot of theories back and forth that the Ukrainians were bad people and we shouldn't care. Um, okay, I, I I can buy you there. The Ukrainians were about as corrupt as can be. Let's yeah, because we're so straight uh, Oh, no, no, but that's what I was going to say. Let's say, for example, and I know this is a very, very far-fetched example, 
that Mexico decides that it's just going to come in and take over Texas. I know that's a far-fetched example. War's over, baby! (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, but let's even take it away, because this is one of the arguments they're using for Ukraine. Let's say that southern Texas is so populated with people of Mexican descent that who have decided that they wanted that they are sick of U.S. shit, that they want to be Mexican again. And rather than going over to Mexico to live, they decide to bring the Mexican army into the United States and take over Texas. Would we stand for that? Absolutely not. Why do we expect the Ukrainians to do so? I don't. Oh, I know, mean, but there are some people who are saying that the Ukrainians don't necessarily deserve our help. And 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 I so or or even better yet that the Ukrainians should realize that this is a quagmire and just surrender and cede the land. Yeah, see, I don't buy that, and I also don't buy the the thing that which a lot of the people are saying right now that uh, well they weren't a member of the NATO pact, so we don't have to help anybody, and it's like you dipshits like that's not no it means that which means we don't have to put our own soldiers on the ground but once again offering some help is a wonderful thing or at least not standing in the way you actually have the french and the germans who are look at the at the ukrainians and even uncle joe finally agreed with them to at least some extent saying you know to end this the ukrainians may have to cede some land and it, it's kind of like would we Actually, what we do is just take over Mexico. That's what the U.S. would do. Well, as, as I said, I know that's not the best analog onto the face of the earth. because if the <laughs> oh, Mexi- Don't if, tread on us. We'll tread on you. Yeah, How about yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we'd be in Mexico City by Tuesday. Yeah, grand opener, grand closing. That's how it'd be with us. But uh, but but it was the closest thing I could give you as far as yeah, just I, no, like I, ethnic, I mean, because yeah. you do have a lot of people of Mexican descent who live in the southern United States that if for whatever reason they looked around and said, we've had enough of this Uncle Joe shit, we want to be Mexican again, and encourage the Mexicans to come and take over, we wouldn't stand for that. And that's a lot of what's kind of, or at least been theoretically happening in Ukraine. You have a large Russian population in, in eastern Ukraine. Eastern Ukraine? Yes, eastern Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole thought process is, is, well, these guys are Russian anyway, why not just let Russia have the land? Well, you know... Because it's not Russia's. Well, not only that, but, you know, does anybody remember this whole little conversation that happened in Munich prior to World War II in which they basically let Hitler do the same damn thing? Do you believe – I'm going to go a little bit off topic right now. No, please do. Do you believe that Putin's actually dying? I saw that in the the news the other day. Um, No. I don't think so either. Because if he actually were dying, I personally believe that Putin is uh, Bond villain enough to go ahead and push the button. That was my thought. I was like, oh, no, he'd have gone nuke way before now if he was actually dying. Yeah. Not to say that I am obviously a psychological specialist, but everything that I have read, seen or heard from Putin says that this guy is going to is planning on taking the world down with him when he goes. Yeah, unless somebody gets him. You know, with a poison dinner or, you know, blows him up or, or something like that on an accident or, you know, in his favorite, I don't know, horse or whatever it is while he's riding bare chest on a beach somewhere. Uh, <laughs> there are certain things over 40 you shouldn't do, and riding bare chested on a horse on a beach is one of them. Okay? Just saying. <laughs> Like if you've got dad butt, and look, I'm coming from a dad butt place, all right? I'm just saying. Or if you don't have enough hair to flow in the wind anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like this, uh, like maybe step down off the horse. Let somebody younger take that stuff, you know? Like, uh, I mean, if you're Jason Momoa, by all means, mount the stallion, all right? Ride down the beach. <laughs> Women like, are going to be following you. I'm sure under it, that wording, you would have plenty of ladies lining up to offer to be the stallion. Exactly, you know? <laughs> like... I mean, is it is it Thor? Yes, obviously. You know, if the Helmsworth gets up there, send his ass down the beach. There's going to be women following him like an axe commercial. Okay, that's fine. When you've got dad bod, you're over 40 years old and you're balding. Stay off the damn horse and put your freaking shirt back on. Be be considerate of your fellow human beings. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I know he's the the Iron Man of Russia right now, but still like. Put it on, man. It's all good. 
Like you're going to get laid. It's going to be fine. You, you run a country. Russian women are beautiful. Just take the, take the win. All right. Okay. Well, I, I, I will bring this per part of our conversation to a little bit of a close with at least with a warning to the people who listen to this cast, which is if you think it's not a big deal to even a, to give up even a right that you don't agree with, be careful of that. Because just because you don't agree with this one does not mean that you won't agree with the next one that they decide to take away from you. If you set the precedent that they can do that that easily, they will. However, we are going to pivot to our thought experiment for the week. Can I add one more thing? To oh, that? no, no, please do. Um, you know, I know we joke around a lot and all that kind of thing, but uh, seriously, if you have a dad bod, cover it the fuck up, <laughs> right? PSA? Like, yeah, PSA. Like, nobody need. like, I have a dad bod, and I am indeed considerate of my fellow human being. Like, cover it the fuck up, all right? Nobody needs to see that shit. All right. You know, make it, I know it's not a popular opinion. I'm not body shaming anybody, but you're going to feel better about yourself. Oh, no, we, no we are talking pictures. about dad bod. If we're talking about mom bod, this is a completely different conversation. Yeah, it's a completely different conversation, and yeah, we encourage all of that. But but like like you're going to thank me later when there was a picture opportunity and you weren't caught with your shirt off. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, uh, now well, we can go. Well, Sean has a thought experiment for us today because <laughs> I couldn't think of one. <laughs> Okay, so you are uh, are traveling, and, uh, and and when I say you, I mean the metaphorical you. I, you don't have to, uh, you don't actually have to be you if you don't really feel like it. But one is traveling, and you come across a door, and the door leads you into a parallel dimension. It is Earth in almost every way, except for a couple differences. One. Music is completely outlawed. Two, video games are completely outlawed. And three, money does not exist. What's that world like? Uh, well, the, the the kicker that you threw into there was the money one. Because, I know. Uh, because I know. If, if you take the other two out, what you actually have, and, and this is not theory, this is not, opinion this is actually verifiable and proven fact if you take those take away music and and video games what you have is a hyper violent world right and no money but if you take the money out of it then what you have to start asking yourself is what are we fighting over right <laughs> right like what is it like you're you're pissed off the arts are gone basically and i use video games to be more relatable i could have used art but a lot of people don't really view art like they used to, so I, I had to change the experiment. I saw well, this in a in a psychology book the other day, but well, but uh, but, but even then, you know, it is a well formed opinion and fact uh, that music has a calming influence, and and quite frankly, high powered gangster rap has a calming influence on the human mind. So does death metal, by the way. Exactly. Because you're removing those feelings and getting them out, which is what that's about. It's about a release, right? And, and, and then you even go into video games. Hyper-violent video games are actually a sign of a less violent human being. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. It's been scientifically proven many times. So now that I've just removed the checks and balances... And the capitalism, but but see, and so that really kind of comes down to it. What to the, I mean, there's there's questions that kind of go into what else is going on in this world, so that you know, part of it is is how do how does the acquisition of things occur? Is it an equitable system and or an equal system? Right now, it's, and there really is a difference between those two terms. Uh, does everybody have what they need and want, whether that be food, land, uh, territory, uh, a mate, uh, all of those things? It's really going to have a lot to do with more than just those three. I mean, by the by, by putting those three in there, you've actually created more questions than you do answers. Yeah, I think, uh, and I, you're right, I do. 
right? Um, I think if you do that, if you like remove the release mechanisms, all you have at that point, and no capitalism. Well, right? okay, let, let me let me take this into a different direction. If you have a, a society in which that you don't have music and you don't have, let, let, let's actually broaden this out a little bit because I see where you're trying to Actually, it's not that you don't have music. I said it was illegal. Uh, well, okay, let, let's take this a little bit of a step further. Let's say that um, because I, I see where you're trying to go with this, that forms of expression have been made illegal. Mm-hmm. If you do that. I don't think your society progresses anymore. I don't think it matters whether or not you have money or not. Uh, if you really came into a society in which these things were never created in the first place, I don't think that that I don't think you have civilization. I don't think you have society. You know what you have? Thunderdome. It, yeah. That's basically it. Goes right back down to Mad Max. I don't care what kind of technology you have. I don't care anything. It cared. They care like the currency they used wasn't money it wasn't it was barter basically and they're all trading for what they want to make their lives better and all of their lives are just miserable they're existing on the cancerous death of the world that they live upon and i think that's really like all you're left with is sex and violence if you take away expression that's all you got and capitalism that's all you got is sex and violence that's it. Well, e- well, even the great George Carlin basically said is is that most of the violence and expression you have is in an attempt to acquire sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what you have is a roaming group or or a, a stationary groups or pods of warlords. That's that's really all you got. I mean, I and I and I honestly think it devolves to that point so quickly, so quickly. I. I <laughs> Because I, I thought I was reading a, a, a psychology book from one of my nieces uh, who is in college, and I'm like, oh man, I, I've seen that question before or that that experiment before. It was it was worded slightly different and everything, but uh, she had to write a, a thing about it, and it was messing her up. And she's like, like what? Because of course, um, she's an art major. <laughs> she's like, I don't even know what I do. I'm like, exactly. That's what they're trying to tell you. Like, what would you do if you if you, you didn't have any money? You don't have like jobs don't pay money. You know, what, would there even be jobs? What would you do if well, you couldn't? But you're also taking away people's reasons to exist. Right. Well, there were there were humans before there was there was all that stuff. But what you're doing is actively suppressing the 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 joy and the expressing uh, the expressive nature of humans and only allowing but but baser jo- things. But joy and expressive things of that nature are part of what create community and civilization. That's what you yeah. lose. That's what I. That's why I think we just wipe ourselves out. <laughs> like I think that's the answer. It's just like pfft, they're all, all gone. Uh, there's a great line in um, of all movies, Mr. Holland's Opus. You ever seen that? Oh yes. Uh, I'm married to a music teacher. I was going to say, oh, yeah, of course you are. You're married to a teacher, a music teacher. Uh, (laughs) So it's a great line in that, you know, and all you keep doing is reducing the arts and reducing the expression and the art classes and cutting music and cutting art and all that kind of stuff. They're going to be able to, in stressing math, science, and arithmetic, they're going to be able to read and write and do math, but they're not going to have anything to read or write about. Like, they're not going to care. Well, or even go back to another, you know, famous movie about a teacher, which was uh, Dead Poet Society, mm-hmm. where even, you know, Robin Williams, though I am not even going to attempt to get the actual line correct, basically said that all these things that you're studying for, be it medicine, law, government, uh, engineering, whatever it may be, are important things and things that we need. But expression is why we do them. And it's and it's twisted. You know what I mean? Like in the in the society we live in now, it's a little twisted because the expression becomes the payoff, not the the thought and the the way it makes you feel like we we go off these little tiny serotonin hits of like, oh, we got this many likes. We got this many whatever it is on social media. And that becomes, you know, the rat and cheese. Well, but, but even then, I, the, I think it's killed a lot of stuff. The, the classic forms of expression are, in fact, going away. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. And they're going away because we are trying so hard to critique, define, and judge them for not just not, not, not even just for quality. You know, it's one thing to have a critique for quality and say, I like this, I don't like that. But we're, we're, you're trying to critique them for moral value. And that just isn't going to work because no matter what you try, no matter what you do, moral value is something that cannot be legislated. It cannot be, uh, you know, dictated. Oh, it can be. Well, it can be, but it doesn't work. Oh, I didn't say it worked. I said it can be. You can you can definitely legislate on stuff like that, um, just like they're trying to turn or, or have successfully turned in some cases uh, speech into terrorism. You well, can it, say it, certain it even things. goes back to the previous conversation there. It's it, they're trying to get us to allow us to excuse me. They're trying to get us to allow them to take away our right of free speech and to thank them for it. Right. And they're doing a hell of a job. Oh, Absolutely. But when I, you I, look when when uh, and I don't know who it was, but when a woman uh, at the uh, World Economic Forum said that we really need to take a step back and reexamine what we consider to be human rights. Uh, and it was applauded. Where did that come up for grabs? Yeah, that that was one of the most stunning things I have heard in a long time. And it it it. it it didn't anger me. It scared me. The fact that we can actually look at what we define as human rights and think and go, you know what? We need less of these. Uh, yes. <laughs> exactly. That is, that is to me, a very, very frightening thought. And not only that, but when I sudden, when I thought it through, and it's where I came up with our original discussion today, I thought it through. So I'm like, not only are we going to allow them to do it, but we're going to thank them for it. We're going to put ourselves back into our own chains and say thank you for these. That's why I think it'll be Gen Z's generation that just finally flips. I think they'll finally flip. Um, actually, I disagree with you. I think Gen Z is the one that's going to be thanking them for the chains. I think that... Oh, it's, no, it's they'll thank comes... them for the chains first. I think by the time they're our age, maybe a little older, they will have rebelled. Because they'll have seen it. They'll have seen what that actually got them, and they'll go, oh, crap, and have to start a war. Uh, that's that's I, my I, honest I, belief. It'll happen in our children's lifetime. Uh, but I think it'll be their kids that actually do it. They're, well, they're, they're going yeah, to have put themselves remember, into... Yeah, older than mine, so I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, they're, I, they're going to have put themselves into that position, and they won't necessarily be able to get out of it. It's going to be their children who rebel and get out of it. Maybe, yeah. We're talking about a different timeline, but same thing. Yeah, um, I just I think it'll go and devolve a lot faster than that. Um, oh, but, I think it's going to devolve. I just don't see it re evolving nearly as quickly as you do. You don't think you think they'll stay they'll they'll stay under the boot for a while, huh? Uh, I think it'll take a generation, though, because Maybe. if you look at it historically, those types of things usually do. Yeah, historically, it's, that's true. It's taking us a generation to get to that point. It's going to take a generation to get out of that point. Man, isn't that sad? And we can see it coming. And like, it's not, like, and, and, and it's weird because it's just like all the cliches say, right? It's just like the the you know playing the violin while Rome burns, or or the music on the uh, Titanic, or whatever it is. Just like, yep. Oh, look at that! It's gonna go down. Like it's it's like watching a train wreck, but it's the train you're on. <laughs> Right. Everybody loves a train, right? Yeah, but not when it's my train. Like I'm sitting in it, right? Uh, it's it's just weird. It's just weird. Oh, it, it, but it, it's it's even funny because we're all sitting there looking at a train wreck, and what you have is two different types of people standing there. You have people, and actually, I would put us in this in this uh, category, which are the people who are looking at the fact that the train wreck is coming and looking around, going, um, "Anybody going to do anything about this?" <laughs> Nobody sees this. Yeah. And then you but the other part is that you've got people who are in the front of the train arguing with each over other as to whether or not the brake will or will not stop the the collision. Yeah, no, that's pretty <laughs> as far as analogies go, that's probably pretty accurate. Then people in the back having a party. People in the front uh, having yes. a party. And everyone in the middle going, What the hell is going <laughs> like, what what's going on? And then some people are just 
seriously asleep in the, one of the sleeping cabins. You just don't care. It's ah, whatever. It's fine. So I I don't know, man. It's it's a weird because I think that's the point we're getting to. Yeah, but um, but but it, yeah, I I think your question actually creates more questions than it does because what you're talking about is a society that is so completely foreign from anything that you know other than Mad Max. That, yeah, no, that, that's that, where I got to. Yeah, uh, because Almost immediately. Yeah, I I have to look at it and go, you know, there there's always going to be a need for acquisition of things, and I don't necessarily mean by greed. I just mean the things that you need to go through life: food, water, you know, companionship, etc. How do how are those things acquired? If yeah, you don't I think have you money? trade for those. There's no money. That's all I'm saying. There's no money. So. Capitalism as we know it, which is supported by banks and governments and backed by governments, right? Well, for the large part, I guess the 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 you know cryptocurrency is a little bit different, but still, it's largely backed by banks and governments. It's gone. Yeah, but if the governments turn off the power, cryptocurrency goes away. <laughs> yeah, funny, isn't it? If Tyler Durden has his way, <laughs> cryptocurrency is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine just like what would happen to like uh, cryptocurrency has been taking a beating here recently and people have just lost millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, well, actually, surprisingly enough, the people who are investing in the, uh, you know, uh, some of the well-known and well-formulated cryptos are actually doing OK. What you're starting to see, which is like surprising no one, is a lot of fraud going on. Oh yeah, you mean the crypto bros are not not on the up and up? Yeah, no. I mean, you got you got people selling crypto that just flat out doesn't exist and running away with your money. Right, right. Don't even start or, on or, NFTs. Or, or, or even better yet, you know, uh, selling you crypto that they own and have set the market for and set the price for, even though there really is no market or price for it. Right. Hmm. <laughs> That's weird. It seems I, I like a closed loop. Actually, I don't. I don't know if you know, but the the, the actual first honest to god conviction for crypto fraud actually went through last week. I did not know that. Yeah. What do you have to do to do crypto? Fraud? Well, that was the one I was talking about. He uh, he actually owned the exchange and owned the crypto, and by creating the market for it, also was creating price for it, and but no value for it. And it, it was actually one of those things that was just really complicated that you look at and go, that was genius. But if you didn't really think you were going to get caught doing that bullshit, you were stupid. Yeah, that is that is like an ultimate smoke and mirrors. And yet you label everything smoke and mirror. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, it was it was one of those things going, wow, you actually came up with a new concept for a Ponzi scheme. And, and it, damn. <laughs> Almost worked. <laughs> what happened for the damn kids, you know? Um, okay, let's talk about entertainment. And, considering the fact that you left it completely up to me, I offered you a choice, we're going to talk about fucked up entertainment. <laughs> have you had the opportunity to watch the few first few episodes that have come out for The Boys? I have not. Okay. Somewhere along the line, somebody said, wow, the first two seasons of this show have been really fucked up. I wonder if they can top that. And somebody said, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm assuming you have seen at least the first two seasons of The Boys. Yes, yes, I have. Okay. Mm -hmm. For those of you who have not, it is really quite an interesting series about what would happen if... Superheroes in the world were basically corporate shills and greedy little money grubbers and just some of the most screwed up human beings under the sun, which is actually, in my opinion, exactly what we've ended up with. Closer to the truth, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we all like to think that Superman would show up and look around and go, I will save this world. Uh, I personally think Brightburn was a little bit closer to the truth. Mm, and Probably. And the idea of the Homelander being the fact that the only thing that keeps him in control is the fact that he has been psychologically conditioned to want the love and adulation of the human population uh, is about as good as we would get. Yeah, Superman's who we want and dream and aspire to be. Homelander's who we are and who we deserve. 
However, if you do not have, if you, excuse me, if you have a weak stomach or a... <laughs> this is not for you. <laughs> uh, or, or a... Any of the seasons are not for you. Distaste for violence and just some of the most messed up things that you could possibly think of, I don't recommend the show for you. However, if you're willing to look at blood, guts, and just horrifying sexual situations and go, that's awesome, I, I highly recommend this show to you. And as I said, they have managed in the first three episodes of this season to top how screwed... Actually, they managed to top how screwed up the previous seasons were within the first 15 minutes of the first episode. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. And it is... It is it, let's put it this way. I, one of my coworkers was asking me whether or not I had an opportunity to watch the show, and my response was, uh, you know, I was watching things on my, on my phone in between patients at work, but at work you can't really watch The Boys. And he went, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I would not recommend that. And I went, and my statement to him was, hell, last season, somebody's power was a dick tentacle. Yeah. And he went, yep. oh, yeah, this is worse. <laughs> <laughs> and I wondered, until these first 15 minutes, and I will not spoil it for you, what could be worse than that? And I also, he also said, and my fiance came downstairs while I was watching and went, holy shit, what the hell are you watching? I'm like, oh, come on. I mean, you know, they come downstairs and see you watching Skinamax and don't really say anything. I mean, what could be that bad? It was that bad. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we couldn't get much worse than the anal bomb, but we, I mean, it descended from there. It really did. (laughs) I mean, masterfully done. I'm convinced that that whoever is really writing the screenplays for this and everything is really into Goro porn. Uh, you may may very well be because once again, that kind of goes a little bit into the first 20 minutes or 15 minutes of the first episode. Um, I now I do know that the person who wrote the graphic novels that this is based on, Garth Ennis, is known for some severely messed up stuff. <laughs> uh, the 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 other graphic novel of his that I've read is called The Pro, which is about an alien who gives a hooker uh, a, a a superpowers. So you suddenly have a street ho- a street hooker who is su- joined the Justice League, <laughs> and all of the Justice League uh, derivative characters are caricatures of themselves. So at some point she gives Superman his first blowjob. And when he has the orgasm, his uh, ejaculate actually takes down an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it's that sort of thing. So this is Garth Ennis, the guy who wrote the graphic novels that this show is based on. But it's one of those shows that you actually have to stand up. You know, you... Uh, I know you didn't get much into Game of Thrones. No, I mean, I've seen 90% of it, including the ending. But, yes, I, uh, there are parts I will not do. But there was a good portion of Game of Thrones that people watched and went, oh, man, that's messed up. G- Game of Thrones is nothing compared to what you get from the boys. Mm, yeah, I'd, I'd go along with that. So, I... I I, just I, the first two seasons are that bad. Oh, just the first. Hell, the, f- the first couple of moments when you know the uh, the whole s- story is started when the flash Billy analog, Joel. the the flash <laughs> analog accidentally kills the main character's girlfriend just because she stepped off a curb, and as he runs through her, she literally explodes. And he's left holding her hands. That's all. He, that's all that's left of her. The rest <laughs> of her is hamburger meat. Uh, and, and that's really what leads you into this story. So, or when he burns the the chick he's been sleeping with and cuddling with and everything from the from the eyes and just cooks her brain in half and uh-huh. then goes and drinks her breast milk later. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's a little off. You know, so it's so a little off. You, you almost have to applaud somebody with this level of just horrifying creativity. It is impressive. It's also a good story, by the way. Um, Carl Urban is is way underrated. Oh, as he, far as a, actually, acting. the worst part about it is is that all of this is wonderfully acted. The guy who plays the Homelander, who is the Superman analog, is is it's excellent. The, it's it plays the world's biggest douche, 
and, and he plays it well. Well, I mean, just amazing. Think, think of it like this: a, a truly evil Jason Bateman. That's who he is. Um, the uh, <laughs> the the young lady that they have playing the goody two shoes who joins the group is excellent. Oh, I love her. The guy who plays the 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 guy whose girlfriend uh, was killed by the Flash guy is 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 once again an excellent actor. The, the whole thing is just very, very well done, horrify, horrifyingly just damn. Yeah, this is really what would happen if we got superheroes. This is this is it, because they're as messed up as they come. But, but, then, but then throw in corporate greed and intrigue. Yeah, oh, yeah, and it's just so much worse. Because this is, like I said, this is what would happen. Right? This, this is, actually, this, this is what this, would happen. This is what Lex Luthor wanted. Yeah, this is a Lex Luthor dream. Yeah, Le- I, Le- I would Le- be surprised if Lex Luthor like wakes up one day and goes, Whew, "That was a weird one." Like that, th- that would make this series make sense. It, well, yes, because you do have a, a character who's an analog of Lex Luthor, but at the same time, he's in charge of everything. <laughs> so great, <laughs> so great. So, but but yes, I I highly recommend the boys. Uh, but you'd have to have the stomach for it. If you don't, I'm, I'm sorry. It is not for children and not for people of actually uh, squeamish. The, the way I would put this is if you have kids in the house, you know, there's things that you watch like Game of Thrones that you would know that if your kid happened to walk through the room that you could probably hit pause fast enough for the kid not to see something that would just rot and horrify their brain. I don't suggest watching the boys with the kids even in the house. Or they better be asleep, like damn oh, dead asleep. Is, yes. Yeah. Like really asleep or gone. Like I normally watch them when it's gone, when they're gone. Like that's that's when I do that. <laughs> it's like we're going to the mall. I'm like, all right, time for the boys. Yeah. No. That's why I, I haven't seen any of season three yet. I uh, I made it through that first 15 minutes of season three and went, oh, holy shit. <laughs> uh, no i'm I'm serious you're gonna text me and go dude that was fucked up <laughs> <laughs> yeah in I fact know, if you uh, don't text me a comment when you do go to see it then i'm going to worry about you because that's going to mean you looked at it and went huh well i well, guess that's why beef is worried about sounding i know <laughs> i know uh beef and op have already texted we've got a group chat that we go back and forth on and they have already texted about it so like it's enough that they pulled them and when they went oh so i know i know there's something in there but i i don't know (laughs) i'm just laughing thinking about it (laughs) so that's media for the week do you have anything else today sean Oh, I think we've we've covered kind of a wide range. I think I'm good for now. <laughs> well, this was a somewhat quick one uh, for us. We usually hit about an hour and a half, and we're just over an hour. But as always, if the world still exists next weekend, we will see you then. Well, Joe.